Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where we chat with startup founders just like you from all over the globe. Each episode, we bring you practical and actionable tips to help you escape the cubicle and begin your own startup journey. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. Here's a quick word from our sponsor, Podbrand Media. As a business owner, new sales leads are essential. At Podbrand Media, we create a branded podcast for you to generate those leads by interviewing your best potential clients as subject matter experts. Not only creating great rapport, but also great content to share in your industry. Affordable and effective. Contact us today at podbrandmedia.com to learn more. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups, and my special guest today is Ryan Barone. Ryan, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Excited to be here, Kevin. So we've had a, had a really quick chat before we we hit the button, and uh, we figured out we're about the same age. Um, or I'm sorry, he's about the same age as some of my clothing. But uh, anyway, Ryan, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our audience as as if you and I were just meeting at a networking event. Definitely. Um, so my name is Ryan Barone. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Rent Ready, And so I spend uh, most of my time <laughs> uh, working on creating property management software specifically for independent landlords. So a lot of time individuals that have a nine to five and manage some properties on the side and uh, trying to just create an easier way for them to, to manage those properties, whether it's collecting rent or tenant screenings or lease signing, pretty much anything end to end in the process. I just, uh, really enjoy working on the both the improving it for the landlord and the tenant side of things as as we uh you know build our our platform for them so the obvious question is which came first you know the chicken or the egg was it the landlord side or was it the tenant side that was kind of the impetus for the idea surprisingly enough it was actually the tenant side i was trying to solve my own problem as a tenant initially so what was the what was the the issue that you were you were running into and I mean, so often founders, I mean, what they start is, is scratching their own it, proverbial itch. So what, what was that yeah. issue or issues? Yeah. So what started it all was I was going to school uh, at Pace University, going to college. Um, I was double majoring in math and economics at the time, minoring in computer science. I got my first internship to move out of dorms. Um, Pace is like walking distance to Goldman Sachs. And that's where my, my first internship was. So I was all excited to find an apartment, stay in New York City for the <laughs> summer for the first time in an apartment and get to live in that apartment for the next school year. And when I went to find that apartment, finding the actual apartment wasn't so bad. But once I went to actually rent it, uh, apply mm. for it, was where I really struggled, um, getting together all of my documents, applying to the landlord. And as a result, I didn't get that apartment. And I didn't get the next couple that I tried to get. So, Houston, we have a problem here. That's right. Exactly, right? So I, initially I thought I was the problem. I, I thought I was just really bad at renting. And then I started talking with people that I was interning with, people that were working there. And I'd worked there for 10 years. And said, no, it's just, it's that hard. Uh, it doesn't really get any easier. Wow. And so initially the first version of the app was uh, something that I was just building. I, I built the first versions of our app and it was really just for myself and friends to apply to units more easily. So just the application side, no rent collection or any of the other things mm -hmm. at that point. And I tried really hard not to change the landlord side at first because I assumed, um, which you know, assuming does, <laughs> right. I assumed that the landlords were happy with their side and it was just the tenant side that was the struggle. I quickly realized there was a whole lot of independent landlords I just so happened to be interacting mm. with who were saying, no, we've been told we basically have to use spreadsheets. 
And it's not good for us. If you could make it better for us too, <laughs> exactly. we'd appreciate it. And that's where it, it really became this two-sided build it for both sides and really fell in love with building it both for the landlord and the tenant at that point. So, I mean, this is, this may be my, uh, I'm not from New York ignorance speaking here, but New York has always seemed like such a unique um, rental environment. Like you're very right. You know, you just yeah. hear such horror stories about trying to rent a flat or rent an apartment in New York and and uh, versus the rest of the country. But is this problem more pervasive even outside of New York City? Yeah. So that was the surprising thing for me, too. Right. So I was trying to just solve it for myself, who happened to be renting in New York City. And I assumed it must be worse in New York than other places. <laughs> the surprising thing is most of the landlords, most of the tenants on our platform are not in New York City. <laughs> most of them are all spread out across all 50 states, Virgin Islands, Guam, Puerto Rico at this point. Wow. So what I didn't realize was this wasn't a New York City issue. In a lot of cases, rural areas, suburban areas were having just as much of an issue, if not more of an issue than mm -hmm. some of the metropolitan areas that I just so happen to be trying to apply in. But honestly, it, it only came just from people coming to us and saying, can I use this in the area I'm in? And, and you can't. So it, it kind of just grew organically from there. I think uh, I think I heard you in, an, in another interview reference uh, kind of the analogy of the common app for universities. And yeah. that, that seemed like such a great you know, comparison to what you were trying to put together, but walk us through the, like the process, especially like first on the tenant side, and then we can talk about the landlord side a, a bit later, but from the tenant side, what is the process with rent ready? Yeah. So the, the process is really for a tenant, they'll find a listing, then the landlords can list it through us. So at this point now they might find a, a listing that we've syndicated out to Zillow mm -hmm. or Trulia or, sure. or hot pads or something. And they can apply through that or pre-qualify. The pre-qualification aspect of that actually came from landlords and tenants both. Mm -hmm. I basically had a landlord on the platform who said, I did the whole screening for the tenants. I liked them as soon as I saw the uh, background, the credit, I couldn't rent to them. And so if I knew a little bit about their financial ahead of time, I could have saved them time. I could have saved me time. Mm -hmm. So that's where we built a pre-qualification where tenant doesn't have to pay for it. They just submit a couple questions. It helps the landlord decide, okay, if you have a dog and I don't accept pets, no reason for us to, to do a, a showing and actually have you apply and do a screening right. or pets are fine and you're in a great self-reported range, then great, come look at the unit and then you can do the full application and screening. And the nice thing that we've tried to do along the way is try to automate as much of the manual work as possible. So from mm -hmm. a tenant's perspective, you can reuse that application. Any landlord that's on Red Ready has by default the same application. And you could apply to another landlord very easily. And even the stuff that you filled out for your pre-qualification carries over to the application. Everything that you did in the application automatically pre-fills the tenant screening. So you don't have to mm -hmm. do any extra work. The landlord doesn't have to do any extra work. So it's really streamlining the process of actually getting through that application. And then a big part of it is that we try to basically use the size of our community at this point. We have tens of thousands of landlords, hundreds of thousands of tenants on the platform at this point. So we've been able to go to people like TransUnion and say, hey, treat us not as, you know, Kevin with five units and Ryan with 10 units, but um, treat us as one giant mm -hmm. portfolio. And yeah. so we're, at, we're actually able to discount a tenant running a TransUnion screening through us will pay less than if they were to go direct to TransUnion. And so it, it really is a win-win for everybody right. in the process. 
I, I can see the, from the landlord side, I can see this being an, an like a subscription-based ongoing, I need it every month type service. From a tenant right. side, it's almost like I just, it's just, just in time. I just need it when I need it. You know, I, I right. need it to rent an apartment. I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be bothered. I'm not in the community, you know, ongoing uh, because I plan on staying here for a few years, but what is, what has been your experience? I mean, these are assumptions on my part. So what has been the, the experience? Yeah, it's absolutely true. So I, I think uh, in the early part of the funnel, right, a tenant only has to use it when they need to uh, apply to a unit. Mm-hmm. Once they're renting in that unit, because we've really expanded to pretty much everything in the rental process now, not just applications, they'll pay the rent through it. And in fact, we'll even report oh, that right. rent to credit bureaus so yeah, they yeah. can build their credit. So mm-hmm. um, just by paying rent on time, they get a better credit score because they're using the platform. So um from that perspective, you're totally right. We, we basically built out a subscription model for landlords. And the way we did it was actually a bit different than we had seen and still have really seen anybody else in the market do it, which was by basically making it a fixed flat rate for them. So the traditional model for like large property management companies, property management softwares for larger organizations was that basically you'd pay an extra amount for each additional unit you added. We kind of flipped that model on its head mm-hmm. and said, well, if we have a massive community and we can get discounts on these partnerships that we're doing for things like TransUnion, we can discount the tenant in the process. We can make some money on the spread in the process. Yep. And so we actually don't need to charge a landlord or a tenant more if they're adding more units or using that pl- the platform more. Mm-hmm. So basically a landlord plays, pays a flat fee. They basically pay like $9 a month. They can have as many units as they want. And the way that we're able to make that possible as crazy as it sounds, is basically because naturally they'll run more things like screenings or rent payments or things like that. And we're able to negotiate those partnerships mm-hmm. to discount everybody in the process and still make some money on the spread. And so we grow as they grow. So it, it benefits us to help them be able to manage more, to do it easily, to make a better experience for the tenant where they want to stay in the unit. Um, so it, it really does make it a win-win for everyone. So yeah, that was what I was going to ask you because I that the financial mo- I'm I'm an econ major too, so the financial right. <laughs> model didn't make any sense when you I heard you know it was a dollar a year you know for a, a tenant or at whatever that that maybe had a special running at that time, but or it's nine dollars a month. I'm thinking right, man, that's going to be hard to to cash flow here. But I can see that you know through what I would almost consider like arbitrage, like you're you're like receiving rent payments. I mean, are they is it an immediate pass through or is it kind of like banks you're kind of like you know there's a little bit of a a lag there that before it it goes on through and there's a you know a very small window that you're maybe earning interest on that that money so we for us we don't hold the funds at all to make any interest on the money landlords will set up accounts in Mm -hmm. their own name and they can set up multiple because a lot of different landlords will will create a different llc for each property too Uh, it separates some of the liability for that so a lot of them will go in They'll add a different, uh, what we call like a payment account. It's basically a bank account that's going to mm-hmm. connect to them. And when the tenants pay, that flows through to them. So we don't make any uh, money on like the the hold time or the interest mm-hmm. basically between the tenant to the landlord. Um, it's basically like the tenant pays a uh, convenience fee that the payment processor charges. Right. And then we've already negotiated with the payment processor to both bring that down on the tenant side of things. And mm-hmm. then for us to basically get a cut of that. Yeah. So that we're discounting the tenant um, when they're paying rent, they're basically paying a dollar when they pay rent, and then we're able to make some money on the on the spread there, so that we don't really charge any additional mm-hmm. as you use the platform more or grow. So, 
I mean, it sounds fairly complex, uh, kind of the the issues you're trying to solve, but I'm linking, you know, I'm thinking, and this has been a universal problem for years. This is not, this is just come up, you know, post COVID here. I mean, this was right. an issue that had nothing to do with COVID. This is uh, one of the few things that weren't, you know, that it wasn't a birth out of, out of COVID, but the whole idea of, you know, it's it it could be a sim- fairly simple back end. You know, you're receiving money, you're connecting to their their bank accounts, you're you're storing their documentation that's you know easily accessible to a landlord type thing. How difficult was it on the tech side when you first started building? I mean, I'm sure the first one had a lot of duct tape and and an Excel spreadsheets, you know, in the first version. But how difficult yeah. was it to really build a a usable, user-friendly, good UI, you know, experience for uh, the the user. I'll be honest, it it was not easy. <laughs> there definitely is a lot to the platform from the just from the sheer aspect of you're syndicating out on the listing side. You're doing pre qualifications. Mm-hmm. You're doing applications and screenings. You're doing lease signing once the tenants are on the like at, ready to actually rent the unit. Then you're handling all of the rent, which you have to route to the proper bank accounts based on different accounts. And for example, we even route funds for security deposits to a different account than rent if you'd like it to, because in certain states, that's a legal requirement to separate Mm. those funds. Like an escrow Um, account or something. Right. Handling all any like chargebacks or anything that Mm -hmm. might happen for that and recording that, updating tenants to to make sure they know if or when it happens. And then even the maintenance side of things we handle. Um, even to the extent of letting a landlord handle it themselves or through another partnership, mm-hmm. basically outsourcing all of the maintenance coordination so that they would find somebody, have them fix it. You basically get the updates, but you don't do any of the work. But from the tech side of things, we're coordinating all of that between our system right. and theirs um, so that they have basically all the information they need from us. And we're syncing that back to the landlord and tenant. So. Um, it definitely has been a a constant a rapid iteration, iteration yeah. <laughs> based on, on the customer feedback. And not all of that happened overnight. Um, it really started on the application side of things. It grew to pre-qualifications and then rent collection, mm-hmm. then added in maintenance and, and listings and lease signing. Some of them were birthed out of COVID, um, like even uh, uh, the credit boosting was one that really came out of COVID when mm-hmm. landlords were trying to say, how do I encourage a tenant to pay on time? Yeah. And tenants were saying, how do I get, <laughs> how do I as a tenant get incentivized to continue doing this? Mm. And when so you can't kick really, me out. <laughs> yeah. So it yeah. was, it was a really big win for both sides of things. Landlords were happier that they were getting their rent on time and tenants were happy that they were actually building their credit by paying their rent on mm-hmm. time. So, but all of these things honestly have been, little pieces of feedback stories that we've gotten from individuals over time and saying, okay, well, how do we build this in a way that it can work just as well for someone living in Texas or California or Alaska and then make it flexible that everyone can use it. So um, it it definitely hasn't been an overnight journey. (laughs) I think we're already about seven years in, in rent ready ourselves. I am uh, just a kind of a generic question about about de- tech development because this this seems like a universal problem i mean i've talked to so many like SaaS founders you know on the on the podcast and i think the temptation would be to want to respond to virtually all feedback you know especially feature requests they're going hey i'd love it if it did this and it did this and it did this do you have like a a set business process that you go through that you go through with your team with your engineering team that says okay before we make a 
a fundamental change to the platform or add a feature, it has to meet these criteria or this number percentage of users have requested it. Or is there a, is there kind of a standard process you go through? Yeah, so we definitely do have a process. So a lot of it, we've had live chat since the very beginning. Um, and that is a big part of this process for us. In the early days, it was literally myself and my co-founder that were answering that live chat. <laughs> Three o'clock in the morning. Yep, phones. that's right. <laughs> if you called Rent Ready, you were getting one of our <laughs> cell phones. Right. It rang to both Quick, of change us. your voice. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And so at that point, I think it was, it was uh, less of a process. It was easier because, I mean we were both the ones taking in the feedback and then turning around and I was literally programming. And mm -hmm. so th there wasn't, there wasn't really the, the chance for any sort of, you know, disconnect along the way, the relative volume of users at that time was, was much smaller than today. And so the process that we've implemented over time is, is trying to mimic that, but at a larger scale. And the way yeah. we do it is basically if you request the same thing as somebody else, we start piling those up mm -hmm. and linking those to each other, all of those requests. And in fact, when we release something, we know exactly who requested it. We'll often tell the person, even if it was, uh, you know, five days ago or five months ago, Great whatever idea. it might be, that, hey, the thing you actually asked for has helped us. And we, mm -hmm. we really try to, to get extra information out of that request. I think um, one of the beauties of live chat, as opposed to like ticketing systems where you say, submit a feature request and mm -hmm. we'll think about it, is yep. it gives you a chance to really have a conversation. And when you say, hey, could it do this? In my head, that it it could, and probably mm -hmm. ten different ways. But if we can talk a little bit about, well, is this way better than that way? Mm -hmm. Why is it better than that? Mm -hmm. And then I can have that conversation with you and other people that ask that same thing. It gives me a chance to understand the right way and the wrong way to build something. If right. we can make it more flexible, so that it can cover more use cases for more people. And I think that's one of the benefits of we've really tried to build basically a single product that everybody can use and make it flexible enough for everyone. And so. That is one of those criteria that we look at. Like, is this something that's going to be specifically just for Kevin to manage only his property? Mm -hmm. Or is this something that's going to be able to be used by lots of different people all across the U.S.? And how, or how do we make it so that it can work that way? Um, and so that is definitely part of our process of basically piling that up, having conversations with people, understanding the right way or the wrong way to create it, and then and making sure it's flexible enough for everyone to use. It is. Uh, it, it's interesting to see just the how many iterations you know software does go through you know it's, it's a, it is a constant it's almost like an mvp cycle just over and over and over again but it really is the idea yeah. that uh I, I think you and i maybe even talked offline about you had an internship at a university maybe maybe it was during the interview here but so did you just go from you were in that internship thought man i can't rent an apartment and then all of a sudden boom i'm just going to start this what was that transition and how did you decide you know i'm all in on rent ready yeah so it was a it was a slower process for me at first it was okay i want to build some app for myself and friends to use i didn't know how to build an app at the time <laughs> so i started talking to people that were actually one of them was a student at pace at the time who's the only person uh, I asked around, does anyone here know how to build an iOS app? And, and <laughs> a lot of people sent me to this person. So I went and asked them. Um, they sent me some online resource. I started taking um, these online courses that I could to to learn more about. I knew one programming language. I learned Java at Pace, but could I learn Swift, eventually React and Node? Um, and so a lot of it was kind of just this side project for me. It was something that I was just doing for fun. 
Um, I didn't necessarily at the time think of it as a, a business or a, even mm-hmm. even something that would possibly become a business. It was just a problem I had and it would be fun if I could solve it. And it would be nice for everybody else if, if it would make it better for them too. It wasn't until a couple years later, actually. So I, I did a couple uh, internships at Goldman. The next year, I, I realized, you know, I really like learning new things. Mm-hmm. Um, what should I do where I'm going to constantly need to learn new things? And that was, I thought, consulting. So I went into consulting. This is great. You get to learn new things. You go in when there's a problem. You get to solve that problem and, and recommend something. And then I realized, well, the downside of that is you don't actually get to implement the problem or, or, or <laughs> implement the solution and mm-hmm. fix the problem or know if you're right or wrong. And so I was like, okay, where can you have a problem, come up with a solution, and then actually find out if you were right or wrong. Like that's, you know, starting your own business yeah, and finding exactly. out. If this. And so at the same time, I was, I was kind of working on Rent Ready. I graduated from Pace. I started working at PwC. So basically working there during the day, I was working on Rent Ready at night. I was living in a studio with my sister, which thank you, Amanda, for putting up with me through that time. But uh, Three o'clock I, chat I, calls. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I literally was, I eventually moved to a stairwell because we were at a studio and, you know, a computer at 3 a.m. isn't a great way to be able to sleep if you're the other person in the room. So eventually after a lot of those, you know, 3, 4 a.m. nights, I realized, okay, if I really want to do this, I should do it, you know, full time. And so that, at that point was when it's December of 2016. I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to work on rent ready full time. So I left BWC and for the first two and a half years, uh, we were totally bootstrapped. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just build a product, talk to landlords, talk to tenants, figure out a way that it'll work well for them that they'd be excited about. And it really just kind of grew naturally from there until we didn't, we raised our first venture around in 2019. So it was almost two and a half years of just kind of building it through that feedback with, with landlords and tenants themselves. And that was, that was really great timing though, to be raising venture capital, right? I mean, wasn't that kind of the, the just, just pre COVID like this free money, you know, there was so much, so much, you know, VC money available and angel funds available, but I am, I'm curious what you think. I, I have always been interested in this question and we've interviewed you know, almost 300 startup founders in more than 30 countries. So it's a pretty broad range of, of thoughts and ideas. But I I have, have kind of lumped people into two categories. And really, it's a genetic thing. It's, it's almost like the nature versus nurture question. So I'm curious to see what you think. Do you think entrepreneurs are born and it just they just realize one day I'm an entrepreneur? Or do you think that is like just kind of opportunistic they were they were there. There was a problem that they had to solve, and like a like an engineer, they attacked it. I I think it's more of the nurture side. I I honestly truly believe anyone can be an entrepreneur if they want to, and be a successful one at that. Mm-hmm. I think it really more of what I think it comes down to is if you really want to, and not just the good mm-hmm. part, but the bad part of that. I, I love basketball. I've played basketball most of my life. Um, I'm. I'm only about 5'10", so making the NBA wasn't a, a great shot for me. <laughs> but I had one coach that said something that stuck with me for all my life, which I feel like really relates to this, which is at the time, I, his name is Keith Rhodes. I really wanted to you know, try to go to the NBA, play college basketball, whatever it was. And he was the first person outside of like family to say, you can do this if you want to. The question is really, are you willing to sacrifice what you need to sacrifice in order mm. to make this happen? I mean, how much are you willing to give up? Are you willing to accept the bad sides of this? I mean, you're no. 
don't hang out with, you know, you might have some time to spend with friends and family, but not a lot of time. If you're going to make this happen, you're going to, you're going to spend a lot more time working on this particular thing, whatever you need to put in to make it happen. How much are you willing to sacrifice to do that? And if it's worth it for you, then do it. And I think there are different levels of how much sacrifice is the right amount of sacrifice. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that depends on like the person at the time, their support system, who's around them. And I do think like having those relationships is really important and good. But I I think a lot of it comes down to like having that, that self-reflection moment with yourself and saying, you know, in 20, 30, 40 years, whatever it is, looking back on this, what am I going to be happy? I did. Am I going to be happy that I, and and I think there's levels to entrepreneurship as well um, in terms of like, uh, how much you want to pour into For that, sure. just like anything in life, right? So I think a lot of it comes back to that. Um, at the time, the answer was no. I realized I absolutely love basketball. I'll play it for the rest of my life. I'll still practice a lot, mm-hmm. but I don't think I want to. I don't think I want to dedicate that level of it that I I know I would need to in order to make it to that next level. For me, red Ready really was something like that. I, like that was really one of those moments where I felt like. You know, I I really would be willing to give everything I need to give to make this successful and that I'll be happy looking back saying, wow, we did it. Like we actually made something better for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people that I feel like are, especially I really love our segment, like the, mm-hmm. the independent landlord segment the thing I love about that is it's, it's kind of akin to where I was when I was working at PRC and I was working on this at night, like they have a full-time job. This is their, mm-hmm. this is their, like many yeah, of the it properties is their, is their rent yeah. ready. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think the, I think the excitement around that, um, obviously, like from my standpoint too, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty lucky in that. I think a lot of like parents as well will say, we'll support you or we're happy that you're going to, you know, go after this thing. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to have a parent that would say, I'll do it with you. So mm-hmm. my co-founder in all of this is my dad actually, which is great that I actually get to spend a lot of time with him. So okay. in terms of like the, the sacrifice side of things, the amount of time you're spending on it doesn't quite feel the same Mm -hmm. um, because you're getting to spend a lot of time with someone that you really enjoy spending time with. So I think how you structure it, knowing how far you want to push it is really important. Um, I I think that's honestly a a lot of of things to, to keep from that of putting that into frame of mind for me to be able to understand for at the time basketball, but really anything for me now. That's a that's a really a great uh, connection the, between you know the the advice you got related to basketball and how you've applied that to to you know virtually anything you're doing and you know yeah it's if it's you know, how much you willing to sacrifice how much you willing to or how passionate are you about this idea and you know on the worst day when you feel like not getting out of bed are you still going to you know chase this this idea but what do you what do you see like uh, how what's the year over year growth of rent ready i mean you're just seeing this hockey stick upward and to the right every year and you're just like sitting back going yeah keep on rolling brother <laughs> uh it, it really has been a lot i mean a, a lot of it credit to the team everybody on the team at rent ready because it, it it's that one of those things that i think that what you get out is what you, you put in and mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot of work that's been put into it and so it, it has been i mean great up into the right growth for us year <laughs> over year but it's been it's been a lot of hard work from everybody to, to make that happen and, mm-hmm. and and i think honestly too it's it's been great that when you have a group of people that share that same type of mentality it makes it more fun when you start to hit those milestones yeah. you start to say okay could we get you know one person to do to, to you know 
subscribe to this thing and then 10 and then hundreds and thousands and whatever it might be. I think the excitement behind the, like what you're doing as you're doing, it doesn't really go away if you have that right group of people. Um, the magnitude of how much it's happening does change, but mm -hmm. uh, we still laugh about it now. There were like, there are days that we do more than we had done in two years, mm. but we still get excited when like one person yep. comes in and like uses ring that bell and then tells <laughs> us how much it helped them. You know, like it's, yep. you get a lot of joy out of that. So I, I think it's still great. Never, never forget the origin. You'll never forget the roots that you, you came from. So that Absolutely. is, uh, that's interesting. That is really good. So as you, you know, you, you've led this, this company for a few years. So what are one or two things that, that you wish you would have known when you launched this, that, that, you know, now that you can kind of look back and think, well, I wish I would have known that just kind of one line. Uh, here's the first one. Here's the second one, you know, that are, you think would be life changing for, you know, somebody that's a little further behind you on the journey. Yeah. I would say, don't, don't wait for something to be perfect. Just start, mm -hmm. um, put it out there, get some feedback that, that, that was a huge one for me. Um, and, and I kind of, uh, right on top of that, the feedback you'll get from people using it is so much better than anything you can plan ahead of time. Just no. be willing to change it over time. My dad talked about this when we started the company together. He's like, no successful company looks the way it did when the, the way the founders intended it mm -hmm. to. Uh, yep. Eventually, it, it becomes something very different, even for us, right? Like, we're not a tenant facing application software. That's just not mm -hmm. what we are anymore. And, and that came through that, that feedback from landlords and tenants and, and being willing to make the platform flexible and understand what were we actually trying to do? Really, we were just trying to make right. renting easier for everybody on both sides. Um, and if that morphed or evolved over time, that was okay. It was good. That is so true. I mean, the, how many companies are, are still on version 1.0? I mean, it's negligible percent probably that actually, you know, cracked the code you know, from the yeah. very beginning. And I love this idea of just, you know, how, how crucial user feedback is, you know, it probably is the best feedback that you can get or the best inputs that you can get as far as, you know, creating whatever the product or service is. So those are, those are great, great uh, suggestions. Great. Part of our mentor moment, you know, that, that we want to pass on to those that are listening, but as, as we just kind of wrap up today, Ryan, what's what's something that I haven't asked you about that you think would just, you know, be helpful for our listeners to know and then maybe wrap up just telling people how to find you? What's the best place to find you online? Yeah, I, I mean, I think one of the one of the final thoughts for me is just a little bit back to your 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 gene uh, question. I think really anybody can do it. Um, it's just a matter of persistence and excitement around the thing that you're solving. So nothing beats you know, hard work and perseverance. <laughs> In terms of finding us, the, be the best place is rentready.com. It's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com because we're a startup and we have to spell something wrong in our name. That's right. Um, and and <laughs> the real, real dot .com was taken. <laughs> that's right. Right, right. So, you know, we're uh, we're a pretty friendly bunch there. We love, like I said, the chat's been a huge part of us since the beginning and, and phone and everything. So we, we like anybody that likes to reach out and say hello. It has an idea for us, anything. So stop by the time. Well, Ryan, I, man, I really appreciate it. It's been a it's been a pleasure to chat with you today, and and just to hear the story and your personal story, but also just the story around Rent Ready, and it'll be exciting to kind of watch its trajectory in the next few years and, and just see the team grow and and how you're able to serve people virtually universally. You know what a 
what a way to uh, create something that really does have have such a broad application. But just thanks again for just sharing your story and just really playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Ryan, have a great weekend. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate you having me. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Make sure you follow up with our guests today and show them the support they deserve. As always, thank you for listening and playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide.